0: Welcome to The Journey, a podcast series by Christ Life Ministries, focused on renewing, restoring, and equipping leaders. Hey family, this is Greg Dempster, the director of Christ Life Ministries, and we're now entering episode six of The Journey podcast series. It's really a a, a joyful thing. It it just makes my heart glad to be able to be with you, to journey with you, and to think that there might be uh, dozens, hundreds or more of you that are maybe looking at your lives at a deeper level with God's help and beginning to experience understanding, uh, understanding awareness of the causal nature of uh, your broken past and how it's affecting you in the here and now, that there might be some confidence growing in you, that that to the level that God would invite you to to us to live and to love with all of our heart, soul, mind and strength, that because we can do nothing on our own, that we would experience this ever-growing sense of confidence, that this healing work is God's work. And he's totally committed to not only starting the process but bringing it to completion. So again, we're leaving behind the first section of the journey and stepping into the second, which is all about the true Jesus. I'll never forget this moment. It, it happened going on six years ago. I had a Christian leader who called me up out of the blue. So, said, Greg, I've got to sit down and and talk through some things with you. I've got no one else to talk to about some of these things, and I really didn't have a clue what he wanted to share, but he sat down in my office, and he said, well, I don't know how to begin this, but I need you to know that for the last 18 of the 20 years that I've been in ministry, I've been with prostitutes and in massage parlors, and he didn't begin to cry or tear up. It was like all the tears had been shut up. He was just stone-faced. Maybe not knowing whether his friend would reject him, whether I would reject him, or 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 maybe I would offer him some cheesy one plus one equals Jesus answer uh, or response. And I can remember having all the wind knocked out of me, and I just listened and, and said, I'm so sorry. And he uh, began to share in that session about his childhood, how he was raised, the brokenness that he experienced there. We navigated through the awareness work that we've shared as a community, over the last five episodes. And when he was done, I'll never forget this moment. He was up, up out of his chair and pacing around my office. I thought he was going to throw a fist through the wall. And he said to me, uh, as I asked him about his relationship with Jesus, uh, he said to me, God's never effing been there for me. He loads my shoulders with weight that I can't carry and then stands aloof and watches me fall on my face over and over and over again. As I asked him to continue to share what his experience with Jesus has been, I took a pen in hand and began, because his awareness work was on the dry erase board in my office, circling um, pieces of his history, that created or founded that 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 constructed the broken lens that he was looking through at all of life, and including Jesus. He was so caught up in sharing his story and and his anger and vitriol related to God. He wasn't paying attention to the fact that I was circling much of what was on the on his awareness work on the board already, and and. When he got done and sat back down, he looked up at the dry erase board and realized that out of the 19 different broken descriptors that he had of God, 18 of them were already on the board. They were all related to brokenness from his mom and dad, his father in particular, brokenness in the relationship that he had with his older brother. And he looked at me and said, I'm realizing for the first time in my life that I've been angry at a Jesus that I've created myself. It was the next morning at 5 30 AM that I got a text from this man that said, On my knees, tears flooding my eyes, meeting with the true Jesus for the first time. That's I've never been able to leave that moment. That that that's stuck deep, like a stake in my heart, a stake in a good way. <laughs> I guess that could be negative too. Like, uh, but it was ministry forming for me. And it's the single reason that the only reason why we call this segment, the true Jesus, that, that in many different ways, we have misconceptions of who Jesus really is and those misconceptions are formed by our broken experience and and God wants us to to learn how to come out of the chaos if you will of our lives you know how to come out of that brokenness and into the presence of the true Jesus so that's where we're going to go today i'm really excited about this week you know we can focus too much attention on just understanding our pain and coming up with coping mechanisms so that we're not living as dysfunctionally as we have in the past and totally miss the healing, the renewal, the transformation that God wants to bring us. Because remember, as you're reflecting back over what we talked about in previous weeks, in particular, the three phases of healing, that awareness work and the John 16 counseling work of the Holy Spirit must lead us to what? John 15, abiding relationship. If it doesn't, if somehow we stop our journey after experiencing God, bring us deep understanding regarding our pain, we'll never really move to that transformed place that God wants us to abide if we don't realize that John 15, God really God himself... And our abiding relationship with him is his end. So he could pour in like crazy insight, renewal, awareness, counseling work, and it is only realized, that transformational work is only realized completely as we allow it to turn into deep, uh, as the ancients would say, uh, experimental relationship, that, that in the same way that our love for a spouse or a friend grows the more we get to know them god gives us those shadow relationships those those types if you will of relationships to help us understand what life with him is supposed to be about <laughs> isn't that good that's good news it just it, that that just brings real encouragement to my heart even as i'm sharing it with you i don't think that we can uh, learn these things once; it's not a one or done proposition. We we are able to live live and abide with God and abide in His encouragement and truth, and it it continues to bring encouragement to us. So as I'm working with a Christian leader and launching into the True Jesus work, we launch with an experiential. Maybe we can get some uh, pictures that depict this experiential that I'm going to give to you today. Might be helpful, but anyway, moving forward, regardless, I use this iceberg metaphor to begin with. And usually, if you were actually meeting, if we were meeting in my office, I've got (laughs) these ginormous dry erase boards, and I'll just draw what looks like an iceberg, and I'll draw a water level. And of course, you know as well as I do that that what do they say? Uh, It's ninety percent of the iceberg that's that's below the surface of the water. And so we start with these roles that we play in life, and and we discover together point one that often we place an inordinate amount of our effort or focus on ten percent of our lives, while ninety percent, because it's not being critiqued at the level of our uh, role, the roles that we play, uh, remain undeveloped, um, uh, uh, they they remain in disarray, just buried in the back, <laughs> and hopefully, and we're praying and hoping that they don't uh, uh, make their way out of the garbage can or out of the ground and, and can be seen. <laughs> you know, my wife, uh, we put out all this bait to kill these chipmunks. We have this chipmunk infestation at our home. This is probably five years, six years ago put out all this bait and I walked out 10 minutes later and all the bait was gone. I thought, what is going on? We've got a worse problem than we ever imagined. And it was about a day or two later that we walked out in the backyard and and uh, if I've shared this story, forgive me, but I heard Allie moving through the front door rather quickly and she said, Greg, there's a dead rabbit out in the back. And sure enough, we we realized that we had a rabbit, a wild rabbit floating around and he had fed himself Amply (laughs) on all the chipmunk bait that or the 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 squirrel bait that we had thrown around that the house. And so we took that thing and put it in a plastic bag, uh, got a flat shovel, put it in the garbage can. But I'll tell you, it was the middle of summer. And a day later, as I drove in coming in from work, I smelled this horrific (laughs) smell. And I had no clue what it was. I'm looking around, and the closer I got to the garbage can, the, the, the worse the, the aroma, the odor, grew. And I realized, oh, it's that rabbit. I had to literally wheel the garbage can all the way to the back of the yard to keep from smoking out our neighbors for the next week until the garbage service was able to pick up uh, the contents of that can. Often our brokenness feels that way. We like to keep it below the water surface and buried, and controlled, locked in a uh, a, a back room with several deadlocks, <laughs> some chains, you know, around the doorknob uh, to keep ourselves safe. But uh, Warren Bennis says this regarding our brokenness and our past experiences that have, in many different ways, shaped who we are. That experiences aren't truly yours until you think about them, analyze them, examine them, question them, reflect on them, and finally understand them. The point, once again, is to use your experiences rather than being used by them so that experiences empower rather than imprison. So, as we're moving to a deeper place regarding the true Jesus, it's important to understand. That the roles that we play, and you can just kind of depict this on your own eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper. If you want to use poster board, do whatever you want to do. But again, uh, above the water surface is our roles, and you can write them out. I'm a, a father, maybe uh, uh, you're a wife or a mother, uh, you're a son, maybe you're a pastoral leader, maybe you own your own company, maybe you're an IT person working for somebody else. Maybe you're a garbage man. <laughs> Hopefully not in our neighborhood. Very simply, <laughs> write those rolls out on this piece of paper that's before you and consider the pressure that's there. In fact, you could just write that attached to each roll. You can write the disruptive emotion that you experience in that role. You can experience, write out your experience there circle ones that are positive, circle ones that are difficult. But once you've done that, the second step to this experiential is to get beneath the water surface. And in that next segment, maybe if you split this iceberg into three segments, the first uh, being above the water level, the next one being the one that we're going to discuss right now, this middle content has everything to do with the structures of healing, your unprocessed wounds, distortions, disruptive emotion, and dysfunctional lifestyle choices. If you can bring out your awareness work from the week before, just sketch some of those in. Uh, you can just use one name, one word descriptors for the disruptive emotion. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's maybe it's depression. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's tension. Maybe it's hopelessness. Uh, you can do the best you can at getting at the distortion statements maybe it's i'm okay if i perform to your and meet your expectations maybe it's again i'm all alone and i'll always be all alone maybe it's it's safer to not be loved than to be loved or known and rejected whatever your distortion statements are just pile them up in there there's no need to have a specific order you can just write whatever comes to mind regarding the structures of healing If you have unprocessed wounds that are very clearly online, just write down a bullet statement there. What you're trying to do is is get as much of that broken content, the very things that are empowering your independent life, uh, crammed into that middle section. And the point that we're beginning to wade into is that we're never just playing roles in life, are we? we we have the roles that we play but the the hidden the hidden and not silent but hidden and often very loud content that's beneath the surface negatively impacts our ability to live the life and play the roles that God wants us to play it's important to understand that we're just not pastors or mothers or fathers are we we're mothers and fathers that have Pain that needs to be addressed by God. Now let's move to the third category, the lowest category in this iceberg picture. I'd love to. I wish we were interacting more. I'd love to get some pictures of your iceberg, some iceberg drawings. <laughs> Mine are quite pathetic. <laughs> they look more like a. I don't know. A, I don't know what they look like. But anyway, uh, that third segment is all about Romans twelve one through three patterns. Uh, or uh, how we live according to this worldly system. That, that Romans 12 says this, we probably all have it memorized, or at least on the tip of our tongue, because we hear it referenced so often. It says, "Offer your lives is a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, which is a spiritual act of worship. And don't live any longer according to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you're able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. You know, just a side note, many of the leaders that I work with, and and this is certainly true for my own life, that when we're in seasons where we're not able to discern God's will, a wise thing to do, according to this text, would be to take note of, prayerfully consider what aspects of our lives are wrapped around the axle of living according to the pattern of this world, that more than likely the emphasis or the attention that we give to living according to the pattern of this world robs us of the ability to focus our attention on the true Jesus. So if you're in a season right now where you're desperately needing to uh, discern God's will so that you can walk in it, shut some things off, man. I mean, for me, just being candid, I've had to shut all political news off for the last eight weeks. It's been (laughs) one of the most peaceful eight weeks that I've had in a long time. Now we could spend the next five episodes of the Journey podcast series focused just on talking about what God might want us to understand regarding this worldly system or the pattern of this world. For the sake of our conversation and our journeying together, we're going to focus just on two aspects of living according to the pattern of this world, and the first is the primary messaging of the world, that the primary message Of this world that we live in is are you ready what you are is not enough if you just use that as a a lens that you look through at the majority of the commercials that are on TV what you'd find is this messaging played over and over and over and over again is something wrong with your health something wrong with you well we can give you something to make you better feel like your clothes are Your image is looking a little shabby. We can take care of that. Smell poorly. (laughs) We've got that fixed. If you're not driving the vehicle that accurately represents the high level of status that you deserve, take a loan. Go out and buy one. Do you see how that subtly, that messaging, what you are is not enough? What you have is not enough plays itself out constantly. It's the messaging that Eve received in the garden, isn't it? Oh, did God really say that to you? Oh, he's just trying to withhold the opportunity for you to be like God, knowing both good and evil. That's how Jesus was tempted in his 40-day fast by Satan himself. So again, the primary messaging of the world that bombards us regularly is what you are is not enough. The second area that we want to hit is related to the primary valuing system of the world, that we're valuable according to what we produce, what we own, and what people say about us. Do you see the trap that we get into, and do you see the pressure as you're looking at all three aspects of our experiential today that we're not just playing roles we're playing these roles but we have this tremendous brokenness in play at the same time that we love to either try to outperform or just shove down regularly and then number number 3 is that we have all of this pressure to perform well enough to produce enough to garner approval so that we're valuable in people's eyes, and proving to the world that what we are is enough. I love what Terry Wardle says uh, in Healing Care Ministries regarding this very subject. He says that, that there's this table of the world, and that if we perform well enough, the world will give us a seat at that table, but we need to perform at that same level or beyond the next day or our seat will be given to someone else as compared to the table of God, which all by grace, not by our own effort, we're designated the children of God, a people, a family, um, uh, an individual members of that family that have permanent seats at his table. Don't you remember, he says, that nothing can separate you from my love, that it's not as a result of your good producing, because God is the great giver, and we are designed to be receivers. We need to actually learn to be good receivers, not repackaging God's gifts as reasons to be seen as valuable, or not repackaging and using God's gifts as a way to perform according to the pattern of this world. (laughs) That's called using Jesus as a means to our own end, my friend. And trust me, because I've done it plenty. It's a ripoff. So again, as you're looking at this experiential and you're filling out your own, we're starting above the waterline with the roles that we play. Write them out and write your experience, the content there. Number two, beneath the water surface is our unprocessed wounds, distortions, disruptive emotion. And dysfunctional lifestyle choices. And then beneath that is this Romans 12 pattern of this world represented by the primary messaging of the world and the primary valuing system of the world. So, as we're wrapping up today, let's talk about some solutions that we try to provide for ourselves out of our own effort to fix all this chaos. Let me tell you, I've been working with leaders for a long time. And they always give me the same answers, and it's it's shocking to me. What do we do when we're feeling the weight and the gravity of our chaos? Well, we do four things in particular. The first is that we just knuckle down and work harder. So we think that to fix the problem, we're just going to apply ourselves to the problem uh, in a more severe manner. So the first thing that we try to do in our own strength is, is just work harder. The second is that we create a better mask. Well, what do I mean by that? If you've read the book The Cure by John Lynch, if you haven't, go and buy it. It's a great, it's a great read. One of the ways that we navigate, try to navigate through life successfully is just by reinventing ourselves, putting on a better mask. Instead of being more vulnerable and honest and, and open, with who we are strengths and weaknesses we create a version of ourselves that's more bulletproof if you will you see that that mask according to john lynch when we choose to wear one and and cover over what's going on really going on in the inside he suggests that the mask will be the only thing that gets accepted and loved that we'll this false projection of ourselves is what's high-fived and we will begin to feel a greater and greater and greater sense of being unknown and alone if we choose to wear one so the the first solution that we have to try to fix chaos is hard work the second is to build a better mask the third is to use people as a means to our own end meaning that we we use relational intimacy or um the commitment of people in our churches or in our circle of friends as a means to bolster a sense of our own value and successfully navigate out of or cover over the difficulties and embarrassing things that we know are lurking beneath the surface of our own lives. The fourth solution that we engage in to try to fix the chaos of our lives is using Jesus as a means to our own end. And again, we do that anytime we're seeking God's face and asking Him to provide whatever's necessary to help us perform according to the pattern of this world. It could be wrapped up in prayers for our kids. Oh God, save my kids. Oh God, grow my church. Oh God, uh, help me in this Public speaking opportunity. (laughs) Anytime that we're operating with a fluctuating sense of value, meaning that our value is based on people's opinion and, and our performance, that it's based on what I produce, what I own, and what people say about me, and I'm calling out to God fervently to help me perform well enough to be good enough I'm using Jesus as a means to my own end. It was about six or seven years ago that I realized that that mixed into my seeking of God was that very thing, that I needed to be followable. I needed to have his power resting on my ministry. I needed good separation from the liability of my own personality, the insecurity, inadequacy, that I reg the fear that I regularly felt, and so I sought him often, hours on end, uh, every morning. And it's only now being able to look back. What do they say? Hindsight is twenty twenty. <laughs> Without LASIK surgery, I'm able to look back with twenty twenty vision and say, "Wow, a lot of that was related to this sense that to be valuable, I needed to." be good enough, perform well enough, and have the applause of people. If that's, if that's hitting home for you as you're listening to this podcast, just stop, will you? Just turn your eyes uh, to a very present Jesus right now and pray with me. God, would you just uh, come? We, we abandon our lives to you. We've tried to live our lives for you, uh, and, and it's turned into something that you never designed our lives to be. It's been all about us in many different ways. And we've really never known that it, that it life could be different than that. We thought in some ways that the Christian life was you helping us live this godly life, uh, become stronger so that we could offer our lives to you and that you would be pleased. We've forgotten that the only reason you're pleased is because of Christ's sacrifice on the cross And that we're saved by grace, uh, by you doing it for us through faith. But we're also sanctified by that same gift of grace and faith. And so we bow before you, Lord. We recognize, we just acknowledge you listening and being very aware of us now. Come and help us. Come lift us out of our chaos. come come draw us to you, bring the healing that's necessary for us to just be, uh, have nothing to prove, nothing to gain, nothing to lose. And we thank you. We trust you. In Jesus' name. Amen. We'll see you next week.